0: The following episode contains discussions about trauma. Listener discretion is advised.
1: To whom I may concern, why should conservative white men in office have control over our bodies?
0: Hey everyone, welcome to To Whom I May Concern. I am Lizbeth.
2: And I'm Amos.
0: I am really happy to have a very special guest on this episode. We had to have her because no one was going to do it, I guess. <laughs> She's making a face. No, but I'm really excited that she's on here because I feel like she's one of the people that are the reason that I am shaped the way that I am mentally. And I'm very grateful for that. And that is my sister. I am Lisbeth's sister, Jess Martinez. She does really awesome work with her friend Stacy. They host a reading series called Big Words, Etc. here in New York City. Do you want to tell them a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so it's a reading series that we started about, I guess, almost 10 years ago, where because we both have a background in writing and we kept going to the other reading series and it was like applying to grad school. They wanted like a lot of these ridiculous things and we were like, why is this happening? We're just reading, we're not applying it for anything. And we always noticed a big lack of diversity, mostly women, mostly, I mean, there was like no people of color. So that's what we decided to do. We decided to do a reading series for highlighted, underrepresented groups.
0: You'll find information for Big Words in our description. They do awesome series. And because of COVID right now, they're doing virtual readings. And maybe they'll do a virtual reading soon. All right. So we really wanted to get a guest on this episode to talk about abortion, especially with the climate that we're living in today. And... We have a few people that we know that were pro-life, and I really wanted to hear their side of the story. Abortion laws have been in danger, especially since 2016, because Trump, I mean, it's just him being 45, which, by the way, I don't know if you both know that he joined the run for election for 2024, and I'm kind of scared that he actually might win. Anyway, he appointed Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett's goofy ass to the supreme court and i was really upset about that that was mad disrespectful for our girl rbg and usually like a a president doesn't usually appoint more than one supreme court justice but he went out of his fucking way to appoint amy into this and we all know that the supreme court right now is heavily conservative and before it used to be like there used to be one person that would be the swinging vote but now it's mostly Republicans, very conservative Republicans, and I really wanted to talk about that because people like us, like myself and my sister and anyone with a uterus will literally be at risk and not have any access to abortion, and that includes birth control as well. So we're going to tell you a little bit about Roe v. Wade, which is the Supreme Court case that is close to being overturned.
2: Roe v. Wade, a legal case in which the U.S. Supreme Court on January 22nd, 1973 ruled 7-2 that unjust, restrictive state regulation of abortion is unconstitutional.
1: In a majority opinion written by Judge Harry A. Blackmun, the court held that a set of Texas laws criminalizing abortion in most instances violated a woman's constitutional right of privacy, which opposed the 14th Amendment.
0: Abortion was not only legal but also not widely considered immoral in the 1700s and the early to mid-1800s in the United States. Only in the late 1800s, did doctors and the Roman Catholic Church Take a stand against it. The case began in 1970 when Jane Roe, a name used to protect the identity of Norma McCorvey, instituted federal action against Henry Wade, the district attorney of Dallas, Texas, where Roe resided.
2: The Supreme Court disagreed with Roe's assertion of an absolute right to terminate pregnancy at any time and attempted to balance a woman's right of privacy with a state's interest in regulating a bushel.
1: In his opinion, Blackmun noted that a compelling state interest justifies the regulations limiting fundamental rights, such as privacy, and that legislators must therefore draw laws narrowly to express only the legitimate state interest at stake.
0: The court then attempted to balance the state's interests in the health of pregnant women and the potential life of fetuses. It placed the point after which a state's compelling interest in the pregnant woman's health would allow it to regulate abortion at approximately the end of the first trimester of pregnancy. With regard to the fetus, the court located that point at capability of meaningful life outside the mother's womb or viability.
2: In 1998, having undergone two religious conversions, McCorvey publicly declared her opposition to abortion. However, in a documentary, a.k.a. Jane Roe, McCorvey claimed that she had been paid by anti-abortion groups to support their cause.
0: In January of 1966, The Washington Post ran a series on how women obtained abortions. It's important to note that the procedure was 100% illegal at this time.
2: In the series, the setting was set to an early twilight in mid-December. Women were essentially carpooling while blindfolded. Their destination was a house in Virginia's countryside. At the time, roughly 1 million abortions were performed each year meaning that an average of one in five pregnancies were ended by the procedure.
1: According to Planned
0: Parenthood, that number has changed to roughly one in every five. In school, I vividly remember that our health ed teacher, she was telling us about abortion. And I'm not really sure that if they're allowed, are they allowed to teach you about abortion in public school?
1: Um, I think sex education. Well, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember that she would tell us about women going into like dark alleys And people were getting abortions by inserting hangers inside. And sometimes they would bleed out. And I'm not sure if we're allowed to learn about to this day. I don't know. I tried looking it up if New York City public schools allow that. But I didn't find anything about it. I remember her telling us about that. And I was traumatized. You both went to public school, right? You both took sex ed? Yeah, I
1: took sex ed. In
2: middle school? That was the last time.
1: I took it in high school. I had sex ed senior year. Of high school? Of high school. And my I went to D. Clinton High School. And I'm not joking. There's a daycare center there because the uh, teen pregnancy rate is so high. I mean, like, what was the point of having sex ed in senior year? That's something that should have been taught freshman year. This something that should be taught in elementary school, really.
0: Yeah. I remember um, when we would, obviously, like, I was little, so they would have to bring me to parent-teacher conference. I remember that there was a daycare. And the daycare and- center
1: took up almost... I went for a pretty big high school. It took up a pretty big chunk of one side of the school,
0: which is Yeah. Crazy. I think I want to make an episode also about how the public education system differs for people in underserved communities, which is all three of us have basically grown up in underserved communities. We had to be placed into our zone schools. You should probably talk about that too. Like, yeah, sex ed in senior year is pretty fucking useless.
1: Well, that and also uh, maybe a question about the texas was, did you uh, have an
0: aborted
1: fetus shown to you in class? Because I did. It was in a jar.
0: Wait, a physical?
1: Yeah, it was like someone that... Oh, no, no. Yeah, I think it was six or seven months along. So you saw everything. Our teacher kept it. She had been a sex ed teacher, I think, at that point for like at least 20 years, I think, or 25 years. And she kept it the whole time
0: and she would just show it. Is it like a trophy? Like, what? No, I
1: think she just felt bad. And she just keep it. I remember she named the fetus. I don't remember what what, it was, the fuck? Like, what gender was assigned. But I remember being so freaked out by that. That this teacher had, like, just a fetus. If there anyone from D.W. Clinton listening to this, please <laughs> tell me what her name was. And what the name of that. Yeah. I mean, like, what your experience was that? Like, That's kinda... Did anyone else in public school have this experience where they would just show you, like, no. an aborted fetus?
2: I have to ask my sister about that because she went to Clinton around the same time as you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's crazy that they did that. NYC Public Schools, I would like an answer.
0: (laughs) The only time I ever saw, like, an actual fetus was when I visited. This was a high school trip. We went to the body exhibit, and there was a sign outside saying that if people that were, like, too emotional or, like... I was going to say,
1: too, you can't assume that some girls in that class had not had an abortion at that point because someone might have.
0: Yeah, I mean, my sex ed teacher definitely didn't whip out a fucking fetus in front of us. But (laughs) we went on a trip to see them. And like, we weren't forced to see it. Like there was a sign outside. But no one was forced to go in there. There was a chaperone. There was two chaperones. And one of them was for the people to wait outside that didn't want to go in. And then the other ones would go inside. And there was different jars of different months of the fetus. So there'd be like tiny little baby ones. And then like...
1: I think Dad used to work at a hospital, right, in Texas? And then he said that he would see the fetuses, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that was here in um, Hunts Point. No, Dad needs to go on on an episode. But anyway, um, (laughs) we've seen some shit.
1: According to the U.S. National Library of Medicine National Institutes of Health, in 2009, 42 million women went the planned pregnancies, chose abortions. Nearly half of those procedures were done. 20 million were unsafe. Around 60,000 women died, making it one of the leading causes of maternal mortality at a 13% rate.
0: They also list several methods of unsafe abortions. I only want to mention them to show the frustration folks with the uterus go through to get a procedure that has only gained stigma in the last three centuries. Drinking toxic fluids such as bleach, turpentine, and drinkable concoctions mixed with livestock manure. Others inflict direct injury to the vagina or cervix. Placing a foreign body, such as a twig, coat hanger, or a chicken bone into the uterus. The chicken bone was something different. I've never heard of that. Or placing inappropriate medication into the vagina or rectum, which is similar to what I was taught in school. Some visit unskilled, untrained professionals to perform the abortion and later get infections that could potentially be fatal. And sister, I used to watch this movie with you. I had no business watching this, but I used to watch riding in cars with boys as a kid. And anyone that doesn't know about that is like about two teenage girls that got pregnant at the same time. They were best friends, but one of them was portrayed by Drew Barrymore. And I remember that she didn't want to have the child and she tried to have an abortion, but she couldn't. I remember her trying to throw herself down a flight of stairs. And that's something that always stuck in my head. I'm like, why was she doing that? But again, I was a child and I had no idea. Um, Another method, which is to cause direct trauma to the abdomen and force some sort of miscarriage. The reasoning behind every abortion obviously differs.
2: Planned Parenthood lists some of these reasons. They already have a kid they want to focus on. They aren't ready to be a parent. Not a good time. Have other goals before having a baby. They're not in a relationship with the right person. They were in an abusive relationship. They were sexually assaulted. Pregnancy is dangerous or is bad for their health. The fetus won't survive the pregnancy or will suffer after birth. Or they just don't want to be a parent.
0: Personally, I feel that whatever reason that you have is 100% valid, and women should stop being shamed for their decisions. Everyone probably has someone that they love that has gotten an abortion. Based on the statistics, you most likely know someone. All right, so I watched a last week tonight episode with John Oliver, which again, my sister Jessica put me on. And this episode aired a few years ago that has 100% stuck in my head. It discusses CPCs, which is the Crisis Pregnancy Clinics. And I'll link the video in our bio if anyone is curious because it's a really good watch. It's really funny. And I don't know how he managed to make the topic about abortions and the Crisis Pregnancy Clinics funny, but he did it. And it's, it has a lot of information and you should probably go watch it. But when i revisited the video so we could record this episode i remember that we used to go on family trips a lot and the first time i ever went to washington dc i don't know if you remember but there was a an anti-abortion truck and we went again a couple of years ago and that truck was still parked there and someone paid to get this truck wrapped with vinyl and it has images of abortions to basically shame women and say like this is what you're doing this is the baby that you're killing and i remember it having like a bunch of jesus quotes on it do you remember that truck
1: uh no i don't remember it
0: uh but i mean i'm not surprised wait, wait where were they parking at? i think it's near but like, it's that that building that's skinny with a little the point the pentagon Monument? Is that what oh, yeah. yes, yes, I think yeah, so. Not
1: the pentagon. It's not like on the pentagon
0: <laughs> 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 They're all white buildings filled with white men.
1: Sorry, we don't live there. Eh. We don't care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, potato potato. Yeah. But yeah, they're parked around there and we visited the first time, which I was probably still in like middle school. And then we went again a few years ago, now and as an adult, and the truck is still there with images of abortions and fetuses, and it's disgusting. But I had heard of these clinics that pose as free or low-cost health clinics.
2: They usually park near Planned Parenthood locations.
0: And in this episode of John Oliver, getting back to that episode, I played some audio for the audience from the 2012 Heartbeat International annual conference. And anti-abortion activist Abby Johnson was just being very caucastic. I want to repeat what she said. We want to appear neutral on the outside. The best call, the best client you ever get is the one that thinks they're walking into an abortion a clinic, okay? Those are the best clients that would ever walk in your door or call your center, the ones that think you provide abortions. And I've seen videos of these people standing outside of clinics. I've seen them on TikTok. They hand out plastic fetuses to show the patient what they're about to kill, quote unquote. And I looked it up. There's websites there. The little baby fetus doll crap is like 39 cents a piece. And they're just handing these out like a souvenir. This is what you're about to get rid of. I did a little bit of research and I found out that there used to be a crisis pregnancy clinic two blocks away from here. And it just got shut down a few years ago. Wait, what? Yeah. No. (laughs) I swear to God. They were in front of school PS33 in the Fordham area of the Bronx. And they shut down because they relocated. And the CPC is called Free Abortion Alternatives. And they relocated to 149th Street. And that sounded very familiar to me, 149th Street. I'm like, there's a Planned Parenthood there because I wanted to go to that Planned Parenthood initially because, like I said, I was battling with my GYN. He didn't want to give me an IUD. So I had gone there just to get like a consultation on the different birth controls, my different options. And I went on Google and there was free abortion alternatives right across the street from Planned Parenthood. Another location here in New York City is on Court Street, which, again, sounded very familiar because 149th Street didn't have any vacancy. And I just called. I used to go to school in that area in Brooklyn, thought it would just be easier. I was like, I'll just go after school. And that other location in Brooklyn is in the same building right next door to Planned Parenthood. So I was like, what happens if I call them? Because in the video, on the episode of John Oliver, someone called that they wanted to get an abortion. They just wanted to get some information. So I was like, these places are still active. So I called. I called a CPC. And I pretended that I wanted to get more information on the abortion pill. And I had a little bit of an experience. The person that runs the free abortions alternative is a white guy, obviously. I had a conversation with him, and it was fun. Wait, you Someone... spoke
1: with the founder? Yeah, <laughs> that much downtime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I spoke to him. I called. I, I just pretended that I, I wanted to get some information on the services that they offered, and he was—he was a nice guy. I want you to listen to the conversation that I had with the guy from Free Abortions Alternative. They're calling back. Hello.
3: Yes, I missed your call um, to the Free Abortion Alternatives Office.
0: Hi, yeah, I just had a quick question. I was on your website and saw that you offer the abortion pill. How much does it cost to get one?
3: Well, we do the pre-abortion abortion pill evaluation. Uh, the That is a pregnancy test and an ultrasound to verify that you can use the abortion pills at your stage in your pregnancy. Okay, And we rule out the uh, two... Two things that would prevent you from using them would be an ectopic pregnancy or a miscarriage. So we'll do that for you. There's a $20 fee for that. We can see you for that in the Bronx today um, at 344 East 149th Street. If you do not have insurance, generally in New York City, abortion pills go for about $600 at most places.
0: Okay. Um, so If you
3: want to get abortion pills with insurance, you use what you already have, or you apply for insurance, which can uh, take a couple of days to get, but it's going to save you at least 600
0: Okay, but you definitely offer them?
3: No. No, I didn't say we offer them. Okay. We do the pre-abortion evaluation. We don't offer them in our office. We do the evaluation before and help you get insurance that will pay for them if you need that, because you ask, the first thing is the money, which is your first concern okay so is are you insured or not
0: um no but let me think about it thank you you going to
3: think about whether you're insured
0: no i'm gonna think about looking for other places okay good all right thank you okay jesus christ
1: so wait you're gonna pre-approve to get an abortion like <laughs> buying a car <laughs>
0: When I I went on the website and it laid out the options like of different types of abortions that you can get. So technically, that's them telling you that these are the type of abortions that they offer. So the first thing I asked him was, I read online that you offer abortion pills. How much does it cost? He never corrected me. He never said that they didn't offer it. But he later on told me that they did not offer it. But they do the pre-abortion abortion abortion evaluation. And also, I called the Bronx number and the Brooklyn number two completely different numbers. And they all led to his voicemail. Same voicemail. And also, I wanted to double check on the $600 thing. It's not true. (laughs) If you Google how much an abortion pill costs, a lot of the first websites that come up are different CPCs from around the nation. So they'll give you like really high numbers to discourage you from seeking out the abortion pill. But if you go on the Planned Parenthood website and they have like PDFs they're they're like $200 less from that, but they will do like a sliding scale in case that you can't afford it. So they will help you. You would save a lot more than what he says that you will. Also, I don't know if you realize, but he kept talking over me. I kept trying to like talk and he just wouldn't let me talk.
1: Oh, yeah. That's the first thing I noticed. Like. He just wouldn't let you finish because he, want, he was trying so hard to convince you to go to the appointment.
0: So the pre-abortion abortion evaluation is $20, but the name is Free Abortion Alternatives, which I was really confused about. And they do the sonograms and everything to show you what you're about to abort, which is really fucked up. And they usually refer to the fetus as a baby and they'll refer to the patient as a parent so they can get emotionally attached. And if you go to planned parenthood, you can deny seeing the sonogram and that's something that I learned recently. I didn't know that. They do have to do a sonogram just to like confirm how far along you are. If you think about all of this birth control, which is also in danger, it could prevent all of this and the same people that are Thinking about and pushing pro-life are the same people that are not going to pay for this child support if the person does carry through all terms.
2: Which last year in 2020, the Supreme Court sided with Trump's administration where employers can now easily refuse to provide free birth control towards employees.
0: The stigma around birth control is really annoying because it could save people from things other than pregnancy. And I want to mention the time that I had a male GYN that I forced to give me a fucking IUD in 2018. And I very proudly mentioned this story all the fucking time because I was having issues with my ovary, which I will get to a little bit later. But I was having really strong pains and women always get overlooked. And it's something that birth control could have prevented this entire time. I had been asking for the IUD. And I knew something was wrong with my body. They ended up finding a really, really big cyst in my ovary. I have PCOS. And I told him that I really wanted the IUD because I knew, I did my own research. (laughs) I kept going back and he kept telling me that everything was fine. As long as it didn't grow to four centimeters, the cyst was at 3.7 centimeters to be exact. So 0.3 centimeters away from my ovary, literally twisting and dying. So I forced him to put an IUD in me and before he did that I had to sit in his office for about an hour where he proceeded to tell me that instead of getting birth control that is going to be very painful and it's going to hurt and it's going to be a little more difficult to put the implant in me that I should try and instead become a mom he told me that I should have kids if I wanted to have kids like this is a time you're really young and if you want to prevent all of this pain, getting yourself someone that wants to have kids with you is probably better. That was fun. But this is what we have to deal with. And it's, again, a man. If you don't know the pain of a woman, I've seen videos where men get like those little machines and they have like cramps through the machine just to feel what someone with a uterus has when they have menstrual cramps and they can't handle level like one or two. And that shit goes to like level 10. Anyway, women are always shamed and slut-shamed first, but if you think about it, a woman can only get pregnant in nine months by one person, right? And then a guy can impregnate how many fucking women in those nine months. But people are funding Viagra, and they want to limit birth control, and they want to limit it because a lot of conservatives think as birth control as a form of abortion.
1: In 2018, Keishana Reed in Wisconsin faced charges for two counts of abuse of a corpse after she buried the fetuses of her stillborn twins. And one year before Reed, Catherine Dallas, a 26-year-old Richie Name woman, was convicted and briefly jailed for concealing a dead body after she too experienced a stillbirth. Each of these women faced criminal charges after they say they had a miscarriage or stillbirth, experiences that are often traumatic in their own right.
0: Dr. Monica Mclemore an associate professor in the Family Healthcare Nursing Department at the University of California said, you have a living, breathing, pregnant person who's had a loss and is now being treated as a criminal. Dr. McLemore believes the criminalization of miscarriage emerges from a culture that insists pregnant people are exclusively responsible for the outcomes of their pregnancies. Some advocates have called for us to rethink the word miscarriage itself as the word could advance stigma by suggesting the pregnant person somehow failed to carry their pregnancy to term. The conversation has been championed by public figures like actor James Vanderbeek, who has previously spoken out about facing three miscarriages with his wife. As he put it, miscarriage is insidious way suggests fault for the mother as if she dropped something or failed to carry. According to Dr. McLemore, women facing criminal charges for the outcome of their pregnancies is not new and is a part of a broader, dangerous trend that disproportionately impacts women of color and Black women in particular.
1: Pregnant Black women are significantly more likely to face criminalization for the outcomes of their pregnancies over alleged drug use. From the war on drugs, we saw Black women, pregnant Black women especially, targeted in an attempt to minimize and attack people who needed public assistance and welfare, not protect them, she said. The criminalization of miscarriage has become an especially salient topic today among the rise and proposed and past abortion bans in states like Alabama, Georgia, Missouri, and others. The authors of these abortion bans have failed to address or even consider that there is no way to differentiate between a pregnancy that ends through medical abortion versus miscarriage.
2: In 2015, almost a third of all abortions were at home, self-medicated abortions. This means that laws banning abortion could effectively criminalize miscarriage or, at the very least, open the door for state surveillance of the private lives of all women and pregnant people. In the last six or so years now, with self-managed abortions on the rise, we face the increased question of whether it will be criminalized, said Jill Adams, executive director of If, When, How, an organization that aims to advance reproduction justice and reclaim how the laws interact with reproductive oppression.
1: According to Adams, the rise of self-managed abortion has emerged for several reasons, from the decline of physical abortion clinics in states across the country to personal preference, as many women feel safer having their abortions at home. However, increased self-managed abortion rates have also come with increased suspicion attached to women who experience miscarriage.
0: In several documented cases, healthcare workers and social workers have reported women who have lost their pregnancies to law enforcement. We know of at least 21 arrests related to people potentially inducing their own abortions since 2005. But of course, we suspect this is just the tip of the iceberg. Not accounting for cases of charges dropped, plea bargains, and more, Adams said. However, as Adams also noted, the laws that have led to several disproportionately women of color facing criminal charges and even jail time in recent years are not explicitly related to abortion care, but feticide. 38 states have feticide laws that were written in the explicit intention of protecting pregnant women from domestic violence.
2: According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, a leading cause of death for pregnant women is homicide. Yet in several documented cases, feticide laws have actually been used to target pregnant women for the outcomes of their pregnancies.
1: On Monday, May seventeenth, 2021, the Supreme Court agreed to hear abortion case challenging Roe v. Wade.
0: Mississippi seeks to ban most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. With two new conservative judges that Trump's dumbass appointed, the court is overwhelmingly far-right, meaning that abortions are in danger.
2: The case will be heard next term, which begins October of 2021. The decision would most likely be delivered in spring or summer of 2022.
0: This law has been on pause since 2018 because of the court fight. If this were to pass, pro-choice advocates and medical professionals believe that states would push for even more restrictions. Mississippi already has a bunch of conservative dickheads literally blocking the parking lot entrance to abortion clinics to prevent folks from walking in and getting an abortion. And I, also, I saw a video, which I will also link in the bio, and this whole case is about the Pink House in Mississippi, which is the last abortion clinic in the entire state. And the entrance is filled with all these white conservatives with their megaphone and yelling at people in their cars, calling them murderers. Again, they're handing out these stupid fucking fetus dolls. And at the entrance of the clinic, the clinic has set up chairs where they have huge speakers. They're just blasting metal or really loud music to basically die down the screaming and the chants for all these pro-lifers that are outside Because they don't want their patients to get discouraged while they're in the clinic. Because you can hear all the loudness from the white conservatives inside of the clinic. So they have to blast music to wash that all out. And I thought that was really sad. These folks are going into a clinic. Sometimes they just, they need to get the procedure done for whatever reason. And people are over here trying to discourage them. And I think that's really fucking disgusting. If it passes, this is going to lead to more deaths, and women will still find a way to get an abortion because that's what we do. We're badass. And it will get done illegally. That was what was being done this whole time. We will see, again, a lot of women facing major health risks. They can bleed out, they can get infections, and it's all because of conservative folks.
2: On Wednesday, May 19th, 2021, just two days after the Supreme Court agreed to hear the case, Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed Bill 1280, or the heartbeat ban, into law.
1: It would take effect 30 days after the Supreme Court overturned Roe's decision or when states are giving the authority to prohibit abortions. The law was signed after the Supreme Court agreed to hear Mississippi's abortion case that would challenge Roe v. Wade. Bill
0: 1280 bars most abortions on the onset of a fetal heartbeat. This can occur as early as six weeks into pregnancy. And a lot of people don't even know that they're pregnant at this point because that would only make your period maybe like two weeks late. And if you do get your menstrual cycle, two weeks off is irregular, but a lot of people just don't know that they're pregnant at this point, which makes it really fucking unfair.
1: The law has an exception for those who may have medical emergencies. Abortions could be denied to those women at risk of suicide or self-harm or in the case of severe or potentially lethal fetal abnormalities.
2: People who have been victims of rape and incest do not qualify for an abortion once a beating heart is detected. The governor says this is due to the fact that public and private agencies provide emergency contraception for those victims.
0: And this isn't even true because some clinics um, shame the use of contraceptives, was—it's fucking insane. If you watch the John Oliver video, you see a CPC manager who goes as far as to say that condoms are about 20% not functioning. Like, they fail 20% of the time, which is not true. If you use a condom correctly, they're, I, I believe it's over 99% effective. But... I just want to give a little trigger warning here. In a recent episode, I spoke about the medical system failing me to provide a a rape kit. And if their case is that they're going to give me an emergency contraceptive at the emergency room, but I was denied a simple kit that is given to folks that are assaulted, why would they give me a contraceptive? You know? Because... uh, People like me are kind of barred out of this. And I also wanted to talk about, I have so many stories. Oh my gosh, someone, someone write a book about me. But <laughs> um, when I was younger, there's a church near me, and at the time there was a new priest. And I really wanted to talk about Catholicism in a separate episode, but I thought this fit in perfectly in this one. But I talked about my struggles a little bit in the past. I fell victim to a certain degree of incest. So I was having a lot of suicidal thoughts, and that's just very common for people like us that have gone through trauma. But something in me growing up Catholic was I told my mom, I really want to go to the church. And she was really happy because at the time I was very emo. She's like, oh, my God, you look like you're listening to all this demon music. So she was really happy. (laughs) she was really happy that I suggested that I go to the church but I I was just really desperate for someone to talk to and I'll never forget but this is the reason why I stopped attending church after this day I went ahead and told him everything that I was thinking and about my trauma and how I I went through a really rough period and (laughs) this man had the fucking nerve white guy of course Um, He had the nerve to tell me that if God placed a fruit in my womb, it would be a blessing. In other words, the fact that I was sexually assaulted doesn't mean just because someone that was in my family sexually assaulted me, if I were to get pregnant, basically, that would be a blessing from God. And um, what the fuck? This is the day I stopped going to church.
1: This is coming from a guy who's, like, not allowed to have sex or have children. Okay. <laughs> well,
0: whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was just really fucking disturbing that um, we should still make an episode on the Catholic Church because there's, there's a lot of tea there. But um, I just think it's really unfair for people to decide for us, especially when we didn't, like, no one wakes up and says, I want to go through some trauma today.
2: People are so stupid. Why does anybody else's body concern them? Why does it concern you? If it's not your body, it does not concern you. Why are you trying to set laws to restrict people from living their lives if it doesn't concern you? You are not going to put money in anybody's pocket. You're not going to pay for a child. You're not going to help them live a certain life that promotes healthy adulthood for a child that somebody may not be able to take care of. Trying to pass all these laws and things about like trying to prevent abortion is like, come on. And that's in all cases. That makes no sense at all.
0: If the law goes into effect, doctors would face life in prison for performing abortions or they would get a $100,000 fine.
1: Just to tie into, uh, tap into what you said about um, going to uh, being shamed. I think it's like the reason why it's so intertwined with uh, religion and abortion right now. It's just like, it doesn't make sense to me. Because people seek religion, people seek church as a way of comfort, right? Especially for us, it's it's a cultural thing. That's what Yeah, hundred percent. A cultural thing for sure. Like that's what I'm holding on to because I mean, based on so much that's that has been going on with the church for decades that has been completely ignored. You know, I mean abortion is just like the tip of it. There's you know, we can go on about colonialism and all that other garbage. Um anyway, so my story about church and abortion When I went to Spain with uh, Spain's like Catholic Mecca, right up there with Mexico. Um, it's like the the OG. And I went to. Wait, you
0: you mean the Mexico is second to the people that?
1: Well, Spain brought the the fucking Catholicism the Columb. Yeah. yeah. You you,
0: you mean the the people that raped our ancestors and forced religion on them? Yeah. Well, thanks to them, we're all Catholic now. The original.
1: Um. We went to a church, and that was one of the first times I've actually seen, like, aborted fetuses, like, inside a church. I've never seen that before. What? They had a poster in here, you know, we all come in here for comfort for the most part, and then we have to see this shit. I don't know. I mean, that's all, the reason why they're passing all these bills in Texas right now, right? Yeah. Because they won't, it's, like, very conservative and Republican, even though, like, that's clearly not the case, like... Because with uh, the election in 2018, where Beto almost won it, you know, they won, what was the percentage, 51 to 49 percent? It wasn't that much. It's a purple state now. So they're scared and they're putting all these laws into effect while they still have their fucking
0: clowns in there. I hate that religion is a huge factor on why these bills are getting passed because all of our, well, their ancestors, we, we didn't come here by choice but their ancestors immigrated to this place because they wanted freedom of religion and their religion is putting restrictions onto our lifestyle. They always push this whole God gave you a gift shenanigan. But at the end of the day, why should their religion kind of affect us? Yeah. Well, that's the
1: thing. Like it, religion serves a certain kind of person because once that, fetus because like let's call it what it is it's a fetus it becomes a baby when it comes out of the womb so once the fetus it becomes a baby and depending what that baby's color skin is and especially what gender it's assigned that has a whole different story there i mean right now like what's happening with all those kids at the border there's like a new law that's pretty much like they're pulling the plug on like even trying to connect the kids i think with their
0: families the kids not... that they separated from their
1: families exactly. So I mean, what what happened? Where's the protection for these kids? If you're going on and on and on and on about it, you love children, why are these kids being treated like criminals? I mean, you have like two three year old toddlers being tossed in the desert and being left to fend for themselves, and we're putting them in like cages. So I don't know.
0: Oh, but they're in fancier cages now because of Biden. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> also, didn't Texas just recently pass some bill? that protects Texans with their Second Amendment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just found it. Texas passed a bill that will allow unlicensed carrying of handguns, which is kind of funny because we're the United States and we're number one in, like, shootings. We love our arms. So these things are killing people. These are the same people that are preaching, like, pro-life.
1: It makes no fucking sense. It just doesn't. Like, pick a side. Do you want to save all these fetuses or do you want to kill them when they grow up being <laughs> like people of color? Like, which one is it? <laughs> God.
0: I mentioned to Amos before, grandma is pretty fucking liberal. And I want to emphasize how mentality can be very much manipulated and everything is learned. You aren't born a racist. You aren't born homophobic. You aren't born anything. And our grandma was raised with, like, cows and chickens around her. She didn't go to school. She barely can read. She doesn't know how to write. And she's far more liberal than all these people. And she prays every day. She's in church every day. And she's probably one of the most Catholic, like, people that I know. She believes that abortions should be accessible to everyone. Which I thought was interesting, because if you look at all of these people that are trying to pass bans on abortion here in the States, it's all Catholic people.
1: I think it's Catholic people, but I think it's also like the evangelicals, right? It's like all this whole sector of Christians. Oh, they're crazy. Whole, <laughs> like, it's all like a very like, you know, um, I mean, I, was, I would assume just very religious groups, but... The fact that they're using God as a tactic to scare people because what's scarier than God? What's scarier than an unknown, you know? It's just really fucked up.
0: Yo, I'm not going to lie. I one time, I don't know how the fuck the algorithm blessed my feed, right? But it was this white guy, of course, and he was just giving a whole speech on abortion. It was a pro-life talk, and I got to admit, he was kind of he got me a little bit. And in my head, I was like, oh, my God, like, how is this possible? But then when I exited the video, I came back to reality like this. But like if you watch some of the videos where they go on and talk about like the process that it goes, like someone goes through and like what the fetus has to go through, it's something that's really traumatizing. And I think that's also like a shitty part about society and how they shame these people because it's not something that's easy. And all of these other far right people are pushing this idea of this is going to send you to hell. But if you watch their videos, it's pretty fucking intense. And they'll go really far with like graphics. They don't give a shit. As long as you go pro-life, they feel like they won.
2: Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Like always, we will be providing links where you can donate.
0: This week, I obviously want to spotlight Planned Parenthood. Not only do they provide safe space for folks seeking abortions, but they also provide free to low cost care like cancer screening, STI, STDs, testings and treatment and even hormone treatment for LGBT folks, which is fucking incredible. So please donate to help these services going because we all know that the clinics like these are in danger.
1: So if you can't donate money, I know this is something they Planned Parenthood used to do, but uh, they have escorts out and volunteers where you can help uh, feel um, folks come in and feel safe. Because, um you know, sometimes there's that clown outside yelling at them to not get abortions, even though they're just trying to see if they have gonorrhea or not. So, you know, just putting it out some, there. Some goofy. Some goofy <laughs> ass, you know, person. And another organization that we want to highlight because it's Pride, it's the Trevor Project. Educate yourselves, educate others. Pride might is just one month of the year, but we gotta support our LGBTQI folks all year round.
0: Thank you so much again, and keep the conversation going. We will provide all the links of the videos that we discussed today. And thank you to my sister again for joining us very last minute, and thank you for. I guess teaching me who I am today. Like, you know?
1: <laughs> I had help from many, many people. You know, I have to admit, I was kind of a pro-lifer for a bit just because of our upbringing. But you know what happened? Yeah. I went to college. Yeah,
0: yeah. education is a wonderful fucking thing.
1: And I have friends. I have friends in college. I took a friend to get an abortion and that changed everything. So if you think you don't know someone, you're wrong. You know somebody who has had an abortion. And just read out more about it. Educate yourself. Don't jump to conclusions. You don't know everybody's story.
0: On that note, we'll be back next week. Thank you so much. Bye.